like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. All types of sexual activity and kink play come with some risks, and one of those risks is involving fluid bonding. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about fluid bonding on today's episode of BDSM United podcast uh, in a part of a series on fetish fluids. I'm your host, Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word, or as the admin of a rather large Facebook page called Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. You can find that page on Facebook at WCDT BDSM. You can also find us uh, on the web at www.bdsmunited.com. Fluid bonding refers to the decision to stop using barrier protection during sex and exchange bodily fluids with your partner or partners. Fluid bonding commonly refers to any secretions or fluids produced during sex or produced by the human body, whether that's oral, anal, or vaginal. Uh, These fluids may include ejaculation, vaginal fluid, semen, and anal secretions. But other fluids can be exchanged during sex, including saliva and blood. Uh, Urine usually isn't considered part of fluid bonding because golden showers, um, uh, while a popular sex kink, uh, um, aren't usually considered a fluid bonding choice. Uh, because urine is typically sterile for the most part and doesn't, does not transmit um, STIs. Or there is no risk of pregnancy or there is very small risk of pregnancy. If there was some semen in the urine, that may be a case. Some barrier methods such as a condom or dental dam reduce the chance that you and your partner will share fluids. This includes semen, saliva, blood, and ejaculate. If you avoid sharing fluids, you reduce your risk for sexually transmitted infections, STIs, or pregnancy, if that's a possibility. Because of the risk involved, fluid bonding is more intentional than an on-the-whim choice to skip a condom or forego a dental dam. And here's what you need to know to make sure fluid bonding is the right choice for you and the partner or partners you choose. Uh, All sexual activity comes with risks. That's true regardless of whether you're in a relationship, whether you're using barrier protection or on birth control. With fluid bonding, you can still contract an STI. And if you have penile to vaginal intercourse, pregnancy is still possible. Um, If you decide to fluid bond with a partner, 
Um, there are a few things you can do to reduce, reduce sorry, some of the risks. Number one, be honest. Don't hold back details of your sexual history, both past and present. This way, you can make the choice that's best for your relationship. Number two, get tested. If you don't know what your current status is, then get tested. Basic screenings may not test for all STIs, so talk with a doctor or medical professional about your sexual history. This ensures that your provider selects the appropriate screening options. Number three, if needed, use selective barrier protection. Some STIs aren't shared easily through fluid contact. HIV, for example, isn't transmitted via kissing, but the HPV and the herpes uh, simplex virus, HSV, can be transmitted through skin-to-skin -skin contact. So um, there's a variety of STIs, and they're transmitted in different ways. So if you and your partner have previously tested positive for an STI, learn how it's transmitted and use the appropriate barrier methods in the activities where contraction is most likely. If needed, number four, pick a new form of contrac contraception. If you stop using barrier contraception, you'll need to find another option. Hormonal birth control like the pill or an IUD, those may be beneficial. Um, contact a medical professional for advice. Um, some people believe sex without a barrier method is more enjoyable, but they reserve unprotected sex for committed or and or monogamous relationships. For them, the choice to fluid bond may be a sign that they're confident in the direction of the relationship. They want things to be more intimate. They want more of a connection. For others, fluid bonding may hold no special emotional meaning, it may instead be a way to stop using barrier methods in a relationship, but to do so in a thoughtful and intentional way. For some couples, uh, the choice to become fluid bonded is an emotional act of trust. Um, it could signal to one another that you're serious and you're moving in a common direction together, that you have a similar or shared goal or goals. This may, for some individuals, lead to a greater sense of intimacy and a feeling of a deeper physical connection. On the other hand, the choice to have a fluid bond may simply be born out of the understanding that each person has been tested for STIs and is aware of each other's status. This way you can engage in unprotected sex without worrying. Um, not all unprotected sex is fluid bonding. The decision to become fluid bonded is intentional, and it requires the consent of all people involved. Um, unless this conversation has been had, a one-time encounter without a condom usually isn't considered fluid bonding. Yes, you technically do fluid bond. Unprotected sex exposes you to that one-night partner's fluids, but it likely wasn't part of an open, honest dialogue about your sexual health and choices. The choice of two people who are sleeping with one another or engaging in sexual activity with one another to become a fluid-bonded pair is a choice that ripples through even a polyamorous group.
In other words, this choice doesn't affect the two of you in isolation. So even if you're considering bonding with someone, you've been in a relationship for an extended period of time, the exchange of fluids increases the risk to others in your polygroup. You'll need to have the consent of everyone in your polycule before you can undertake fluid bonding with a partner, or at least, if not consent, at least you need to make them aware and make them known and communicate it appropriately. You should still be tested regularly after you become fluid bonded. Every six months is ideal, but once a year may be sufficient for you. Your doctor can help you determine the right frequency for you. Keep in mind that not every STI will show up immediately after exposure. Some STIs don't even produce symptoms. So that's a pretty good overview of fluid bonding. Um, fluid bonding is often used as a form of intimacy when really it should be one element of deepening intimacy and trust not just fluid bonding alone. Don't let the choice to become fluid bonded be the final say on that subject. Keep open lines of communication and be willing to reevaluate your boundaries as your relationship changes over time. Just like uh, we often say that contracts should be updated, you never know what, uh, w what things lie in your future, and so you always want to have the option to go back and communicate again and to make new agreements as different parts of life, different seasons of life, different types of things uh, that you never knew existed now exist. And so you want to be able to make informed and ongoing choices in your relationship. If you or your partner decide that fluid bonding is no longer appropriate, for instance, it's important that choice be respected. After all, intimacy requires respect, it requires trust, and it requires honesty. I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word. Also, an admin of a rather large Facebook page called Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape at WCDT BDSM. You can find us on the web, as I said earlier, at www.bdsmunited.com. Thank you for listening to us on your favorite podcast platform. We're on almost all of them. Uh, if you're listening on your favorite platform, be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let people know what you like about our podcast. And if there's anything you don't like, chances are we'll hear that comment, too, and be able to make the necessary changes. Thank you for listening today. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at datingkinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of whips, chains, and duct tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. 
That's datingkinky.com.